0: God's right in the middle of it, right? Because he Mm -hmm. is a God of order and, you know, we we live in a world of chaos, right? And whenever we follow his son, he begins to bring order to our life, right? Mm And it's no different than on the golf course.
1: All right, guys. Welcome back. Here we are. Uh, restoration club podcast episode 8 we are excited for this we've had a lot of stuff going on right it's golf off season but uh the sports world is still going on time is still happening and guests are still rolling in so we're excited to have uh, a special guest in the house danny am i right
2: yeah none other than uh Wes Hodges himself uh but Wes I, I certainly don't want to steal the thunder man but we appreciate you having you on uh, but really just wanted to kind of set the table, uh, make it easy right out of the gate here. Uh, just just looking for you to kind of tell the people, anybody that's not aware of you, where you're from, uh, how you got to be in uh, the queen city of Charlotte with Ryan and myself, uh, and kind of fill in the gaps in between there for us.
0: Well, first of all, your definition of special is pretty loose, so um, <laughs> I like y'all didn't filter uh, that very well, but nice. no. Um, yeah, so... We moved to Charlotte in, um, from Atlanta in 2019, uh, we were looking, my wife and I were looking to get out of, um, Atlanta, just the pace of life was getting pretty intense. And, um, and so, yeah, she got an opportunity about the time that we were looking actually just to move on the North side of the city. Charlotte was never really on my radar or our radar. But she worked with uh Legacy Sun Trust and had an opportunity with the BB&T merger now Truist. And uh whenever she, you know, I guess woke up one morning and saw the announcement of the merger, and then it was things were kind of crazy. And uh anyway, they offered her a job in Charlotte and I said, Hell no, I'm not not moving. I got a good thing here in Atlanta. Um, I didn't I wanted to move outside of Atlanta, not necessarily away from Atlanta, but, and so um, moved right, you know, before the pandemic um, struggled to find housing and, and all of that. So, um, but yeah, so we moved September of 2019 and that's really kind of how I got connected with uh, in a very odd way with restoration club. We were staying in Waverly and I just needed a coffee shop. Like And so I found Brakeman's, and I was just sitting in the back drinking coffee, and I saw this artwork of uh, Dave Blazon and I was like, man, this is amazing. So I just started, I'm not active on social media, but I just started following him. And I think it was one weekend, um, he posted something about Restoration Club. I was like, man, this looks amazing. Um, I'm in the market for friends. And where Jesus and sports intersect, sign me up. So that's how I got connected. Um, yeah. So generally, I, I don't do things very. Uh, I don't know, uh, not knowing anyone, but yeah, I just signed up for it. And,
1: yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and started meeting some guys. What's your? What's your? Um, I mean,
1: we know you, so we know your background a little bit. You know, there's a sports background for you. There's a growing up in Tennessee for you, and even. How'd you end? how you end up in Atlanta, like in particular? How'd you end up there?
0: Yeah, so uh, I, I grew up just north of Chattanooga in a little town called Udawall, Tennessee, where the uh, honors golf course is. Um, and actually, the, the guy, my neighbor, um, his granddad was one of the founding four members of the honors mm-hmm. golf course, uh, Bill Healy. And anyway, Bill was an All-American football player at Georgia Tech, and so was his son, Rob Healy. And so, Will, the grandson, we would go down to Atlanta to a lot of Georgia Tech sporting events. And so, I think that's where the seed was planted uh, through that relationship there. And, uh, yeah, then went to Georgia Tech, uh, signed. I got drafted by the White Sox out of high school, um, broke my handmate. Um, so there really wasn't a real opportunity for professional baseball out of high school, and so signed with Georgia Tech, and then played three years there. Then got drafted by the Cleveland Indians, uh, and then started my professional career in two thousand six, and then started climbing the professional baseball um, I like guess <laughs> ranks during that. Uh, so see, I played seven years. I retired at the end of the twenty twelve season had a contract for 2013 but i was uh at that point my heart wasn't in it any longer mm-hmm. so um so yeah so went to georgia tech that's where i met my wife katie um married for about to celebrate her 14th anniversary uh, i have three kids uh hazel nine uh jaren just turned five and gabe actually turned three yesterday so that's- um so yeah so we we had a full schedule of weekend sports and and all that, so so is, is um
1: is Will Healy a connection to why you also liked coming to Charlotte? I know that he had a, he had a route
0: here for a little while uh, with the with the university over here. Yeah, so ironically, uh, he was at Austin p at the time, and i de- I get a call out of uh, the blue. He said, "Hey, man, um, I think I may be a candidate for this job." uh, do I need an agent? And I was like, I don't know, let me, let me call my agent buddies. And, and so anyway, um, and then I also had some friends that were uh, in the college coaching recruiting world. And so one of the guys that actually played baseball at Georgia Tech was, I guess, um, doing contract work for that job. And he called me and he's like, Hey man, came with the guy who was, I think at JMU, right? And then he went to Eastern Carolina, but backed out of it. And then that's when Will became a legit candidate. And so he got the job in December of 2018. And we found out we were moving like May of 19. Mm-hmm. So he moved um, into the Chantilly neighborhood and we borrowed his neighborhood the fall of 19 for Halloween. And and I'm uh, like, oh, this is great. So anyway, we ended up uh, building a house in here and um, being neighbors until he got relieved of his duties. So, um, but now he's, you know, it's just part of it. Uh, he's still doing well. He's at Central Florida under Gus Malzahn. So, so yeah, that's... Uh,
2: a little circle moment there. I was trying to figure out where I knew that name and then you dropped the JMU on me and I was like, okay. I, I'm yeah, so,
0: yeah, so... Um, so yeah i mean it's a small sports is a small world i mean if i don't know you i know five people that do yeah so um so yeah
1: yeah now i know all those people because i know you so it's the way i, <laughs> the way right. I see it You're i in. got free tickets wherever i want to go I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> no. hey you mentioned you know that connect of Brakeman's coffee and you saw dave's work and and then that connected you into restoration club yourself and um you know you just i'd just say a few weeks ago just got to your first restoration club event um can you peel back a little bit of what you like either what you experienced what you what you thought like what you walked away with um from a few days of just golf and uh and the vision and passion that is restoration club
0: Yeah, just the just the the i think it's the greek word koinonia that comes to mind fellowship um mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I mean it's like I didn't, you know, I I briefly had coffee with you both prior to that, but that was it. Um and so yeah, but it's just you know, you you show up in an event like that, kind of the odd man out, don't know anyone, but after a few minutes of conversations, you know, it's you know people. Um, they're pursuing the same things, they're trying to be uh, I guess become um you know, more like Jesus. And, uh, you can tell that there was a very authentic group of guys who, uh, yeah, that were just on the same journey, trying to be good husbands, fathers, and, and, uh, followers of Christ. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. I was going to speak in a, a little bit. Uh, I'm I appreciate that Ryan asked you that. Cause I was even thinking about that myself. I feel like we've talked about, what the builders cup, uh, original last year in the Pinehurst area was like for us. And we've, we've been able to kind of relive that with other guests. So I'm thankful that he asked you kind of through your lens, what you thought about it. I was thinking about it more myself, even today, just thinking about, uh, you know, the rounds that we played there and granted it was some great golf, but I feel like when I, I could replay the rounds in my head, if I wanted to, some shots, I probably don't want to uh but i think it was like the time around the putting green before the round and then being on the porch at, at tot hill after the round um or just hanging out at the the old church of pinehurst shout out to them uh if anybody's going on a, a golf trip to the pinehurst area i highly recommend you guys check that place out um we'll try and remember to drop a link uh to them in the in the description of the episode but no i think that was what stood out to me was i think there was great golf but um you know, being in the group of guys that we were in both before the round and after the round. And, and even in the golf cart, I know we got to share a couple of rounds with U.S. Um, that's that's honestly what I probably relive in my head more than the golf, just because I feel like those moments are rare. And I was thinking even today that we can go play golf with people all the time. Um, and I think a lot of us sign up for that. But those those moments before and after are are more rare and they just don't happen that often. So that's what I kind of took away from it.
1: That's good. I, Wes, you and I got a chance to ride on, on day one there at Tot Hill Farm and we got to ride together in our cart. and you got to watch me hit way more shots than you did. Um, and I got to watch your drives just sail so far down a fairway. It was pretty awesome. Um, but one thing I will say, and I really enjoyed this because this is what I think I really like about golf sometime is that, um, when it's about vibes, right? It's like such a good time to have, it's golf is fun. It's, it's meant to be a game and it's just enjoyable. And you really made that, like that energy kind of go with music bumping in the speaker. We're having really great conversations. We're just, no one's stressed and pressured. We're just vibing and good music, which I know you've put me out of some really good stuff. And uh, I just really am thankful for that time together just because it kind of, like you said, we only had a cup of coffee prior to that. But I felt like even getting in that car, we already knew each other. It was kind of wild. Um, and that's something I think that our faith does, right? It really transcends just maybe, you know, location and proximity, but it really kind of bonds us together. And we're dads, we're husbands, we're believers, and those things kind of bring us together on that sense. I don't know if you caught that same vibe or what.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I I spent my whole life trying to become a professional athlete and then when I was at that level perform at that level and stay at that level and that's tough and so for golf for me is uh I'm not trying to be on the PGA tour I've already had a professional sports career and so yeah I mean I it I like being outside I like music hanging out with uh quality men and uh yeah I mean hit, and then too whenever you do catch one clean it's, it's great it's like a home <laughs> run but. Um, I won't let you hype up my golf game like you did. <laughs> That's not accurate, but, uh, yeah, when you do pick one clean, it's, it's great. So, and then too, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's, you, you can get lost in, there's, there's so many things that I enjoy about golf that, you know, it's, it's a process. It's, uh, you know, you can build on things, you can learn from people, uh, you can take it serious, you can have fun with it. Uh be very relational you know you can go play by yourself um so there's all these different dynamics and nuances to it and and on and and i think it is the best sport i mean obviously i played baseball for a long time but you know baseball if i were to play right now my arm would fall off um my hips are locked up like in golf you can play it till you know in your 80s if you want and so no, it was fun. Um, no, it was, it was a great round, great day. And yeah.
2: Love it. Ryan, I was going to say, I know you kind of set the table for us on the first day and it kind of flowed from there to your point about talking about vibes, I think, setting the table and, and creating expectation, heading into a round, which is always our goal with a lot of these outings. Um, every time we take to the course, I know you spoke to, you know, speaking to growth things we're not growing at as well as we kind of hoped and and being, being a bit more gentle with ourselves as guys, and our expectations. And I think that kind of just, once you, you've set the table in that way and you have those conversations with guys in your group or guys in the cart, it kind of segues to, Oh, that wasn't as hard as I, I thought it might be. Yeah. And it, it creates opportunity to speak to other things. Um, and Wes, I know we played on, on day two together and, and I enjoyed getting to ride in the cart with you and, and dig into some stuff a bit more, Um, you know, even in stuff tied to identity and playing career and, and things that we put value in. And, guys that you might've trained with, you know, name rhymes with reader, just going to put that out there. Uh, but I mean, I feel like we kind of buried the lead a little bit. I know you talked about being in the the system for a number of years. Is there anything you miss about those days and what, I guess you said kind of lost a love for it by the end of it. What was the transition like out of that after putting so much time and investment into it?
0: Yeah. Um, I'll, you may have to remind me the second question, but I'll, go ahead and answer the first one um yeah i mean i miss the clubhouse I miss you know the guys um i miss um you know the structure the um and the intensity like in a weird way like i like to get after it physically um it's one thing that it's been kind of a hard transition um you know, whenever, whenever I was transitioning out, it's like I wasn't using my body physically like to where I was, you know, every day, you know, maxing it out. But I found those outlets now that I can go and and get that side, um you know, out of my system because I, I, I do think that, you know, whenever you can, you know, get the physical dynamic out of or at least working out, uh, there's something – you know, at least mentally for me that, um, it's a good thing. And so I miss that. Um, there's no way to replicate that competition. Um, especially pitcher hitter, um, in front of, I don't know, however many people, um, it's intense. It's fun. It's, it's a, it's, you know, there, there's a, a a mental battle there. There's a physical battle. Um, and, um, and yeah and and really a and a, a battle within to kind of uh you know the whole less is more and and not trying to do too much and and, and so i miss that cuz it's you know um there's no i just there's no way to replicate that um and so that's been challenging but Um, what was the second question you said, uh, transitioning out? Was that it?
2: Yeah, it was just kind of asking what was the transition like after putting so much time into something and I guess maybe even to build on it, like, were there certain things you felt like God was kind of teaching you through that transition to where you're using completely different gifts now?
0: Yeah. I mean, the transition, I think, started before the actual transition. It started at the end of my career, whenever, you know, baseball was my idol. That was my identity. Um, and then whenever your plans that you had for the game begin to go backwards and then all of a sudden God's stripping you down to, uh, really having to answer the tough question of who, who am I? Like, am I Wes Hodges, the baseball player? And now that that season of life is over, um, what's my purpose, what's my value? And, and, and so anyway, I think, um, he was so gracious to give me that, at like, i guess forced me to navigate those those questions uh relatively early in life because um because yeah if you if you if if your identity is wrapped up in your work then whenever you get fired or retire that's a sad day um and and that's the beauty of of you know what he's offered us and and how we're in his plan as far as uh continuing to have dignity and value and worth even uh on our last days and we take our last breath like we can always have purpose for the kingdom and so um i don't know it, it was i think such a gift um for me to go through that in my late 20s uh where i still see people who are still trying to climb you know the cultural ladder and um still put their hope and trust in something that you know that's um not gonna deliver. Um and so so yeah. And then, you know, as far as reinventing myself, it's on the one sense, I feel like it was difficult because, you know, it's you know, you have this skill set that really doesn't translate. I mean, I could have gone into scouting or front office or an agent or whatever managing, but I I just kind of at that point in life, I just was burned out. Um, I probably would be better to go back now with kind of a renewed spirit, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I had to like reinvent myself, uh, from ground zero and, and, and become something. so I went back, finished my degree in finance at Georgia tech and, and, uh, really got intrigued in something that was my own kind of, um, I guess uh story challenge um and became a uh personal wealth advisor and uh I signed for a million dollars when I was 21 out of the draft and and I felt like got some bad advice and that was really the first time I began to like learn the difference between between temporal wisdom and eternal wisdom and And so, you know, if you're, you're operating from a biblical worldview and getting temporal advice, it's just this, you know, unequal, unequally, uh, advice. It just, it, it just doesn't work. And so anyway, I got really intrigued with, uh, the intersection of God and money. Um, and, you know, and, and how that works. Um, because when I started, it's like, all right, am I perpetuating greed? What does this look like? And it was really kind of very similar to uh, professional sports. Like professional sports isn't a bad thing. You see a lot of guys who can get wrapped up in it for the wrong reasons. And then you can see guys who can leverage their platform for, um, you know, for God and his glory. And it's awesome. And I think money's agnostic and it's kind of the same thing. It's just the heart behind it and how you use it and leverage it. And, and, um, and yeah, so um so anyway, that was um kind of transitioning out of the game and and um but yeah it was it was not easy. Um but I do think that it came with a little bit of um, you know being a little uh, I guess going through some seasons of life where I feel like that kind of gave me a little wisdom um from just the earlier experiences of pro ball and navigating all these other challenges that, um, ultimately gave me, I feel like a kingdom perspective to now I can put, I have something to put in front of people of significance and, you know, it's not just going to hey, put your hope and trust in this money, knowing that that's going to ultimately, uh, in bad. Do you, um, Wes, do you are
1: part of your, is your client base at all? Any athlete? I mean, I'm not telling you to name your clients, but like, do you help any athletes in this day now? Do you have the opportunity to do that?
0: Yeah, so I, that's how I got my start. Um, I knew all the pension benefits. Um, and whenever I started, I was really close with a gentleman named Bobby Evans, who was the general manager for the San Francisco Giants at the time. And Bobby was a believer. And Bobby said, hey, and I was got involved with this organization called Kingdom Advisors. And, and so anyway, they helped kind of like reorient my perspective in the wealth management arena and um and so anyway um bobby found out about it and bobby said hey will you come and do this for the giants organization and i said absolutely and so they would fly me out spring training and i would talk to the you know the organization and they would fly me to the different affiliates throughout the year. And I was like, basically give them the answers to the test. I was like, baseball players are cheaters, right? So here's the answers to the test. Like I mean, there's no excuses. And so it's like, Hey, these are the questions you should be asking. This is what you should be considering, you know? And so he was just like, Hey, just, um, you know, share it. Um, but, you know, in a, I guess in a secular way, and so I would say, you know, I would reference some verses in proverbs. You know, um, hasty speculation leads to poverty, but little by little leads to wealth. A wise man once said, you know, such a, such as that. But um, but yeah, I mean, it it was um, it was a great opportunity um, because all these, I mean, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, golf, whatever, all these professional athletes. Are putting their identity in whatever shape their ball is in to give them worth, significance, and value. And then, you know, then they will accumulate some money and then they can go buy whatever drug of choice they want to medicate the pain because that reality that they've put their hope and trust in is not there and they can't. And they know it in their heart of hearts, but they keep going back and doing it over and over. And so, um, you know, statistically, you know, uh, I think it's 85% of professional baseball players are bankrupt or divorced or struggle with some substance abuse two years after they're through playing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, there's no way to replicate, you know, hitting a home run in front of 30,000 people, um, you know, and then the paycheck comes along with it, you know, and so when all that's gone up. Or, or, or gone away, you go from who's who to who's he, and it's tough. That people struggle with that, um, and so I don't know. I've um, I have some compassion for those guys just because I I made the same mistake, but I think God was gracious enough to give me perspective and kind of keep me on a short leash um, and not let me get too far off the rails. So. Maybe. Well, honestly, I think there's
1: good news in what we're hearing right now is even if it's not a bunch of professional athletes who are listening right now, perhaps it's the guy who works for a bank and is thinking about how his title is controller. He feels really good about it because he's this, you know, because of his role and position next, you know, there's a layoff. How does he handle it? It's about not putting you all of your, you know, your worth and value just in your position, because again, it's back to our identity in Christ is really where. It sits, and where the the foundational piece of nothing can rock that, right? Like nothing can rock that piece. And so I know there are, there are a lot of people who could be listening to this right now who their their world is upside down a little bit because of their their emphasis on who they are uh, rather than who they know. And I I think this could be valuable words that you've given there. So I appreciate you uh, breaking into that.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's you're you're exactly right. It's it's, Whatever industry, it's all the same, right? You know, I go to all these baseball players, I'm like, every day you walk into a clubhouse that says you got to look like this, dress like this, drive like this, marry someone like this, like they basically make the decisions for you. And you think that you have choice, but really, if you're just conforming to that clubhouse, you don't have choice because they've already settled. This is the lot. This is what your life should look like. And Christ flips that on that, you know, on its head, Right. Um, and I think this is where like the gospel like resonates with, obviously it transcends culture, it transcends industries and it's awesome because, you know, in the professional clubhouse, it says you got to go do to be right. Mm. And Christ says, I've already done so you can be like, it's settled. Like, and that's religion, right? Religion says do, and the gospel says done. You don't Mm. like it's settled. You don't have to go perform, thank goodness. And I think that's where a lot of these athletes get so – that there's a sense of relief because all of it is around performance. It's what have you done for me lately. And it's crazy, right, whenever I have to hit a round ball with a round bat that's moving 93 with sync. And that's where my identity lies. But that's what we do on a daily basis. And you're right, Ryan, it's no different than the banker, right? that his worth is contingent upon whatever deals that he strokes to make the bank, you know, more money. But it's like, that's out of his control or his or her control. Like, you know, deals come on their own time. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's a little, uh, we like to think that we have control over life, but uh, only the illusion of it. And um, and so, yeah, there, there's a lot of freedom, whenever we can get to that place that, you know, it's settled, it's done. And,
2: uh, it's great. Man, so many good gems in there. I appreciate you dropping them. Wes. Uh, I was curious to, to hear with so much investment in the game of baseball, when did golf come into the fold? Was it, was it earlier on? Was it more recent?
0: know, yeah, I wasn't like a country club kid my grandfather and I mean he bought me my first like set of clubs when I was a little kid and so I just get around you know knock around the yard with them. Um but I bought my first personal set as a pro player and um so I don't know, whatever year that was two 2006 in uh, Florida. And we we we'd go down and train in a uh, Saddlebrook resort in uh just north of Tampa. I think there was like two or three courses there. Um we would play occasionally, not much, but, um, so yeah, that I started, I guess, getting asked to do some golf events in the off season. Um, so I was like, Oh, I need to kind of like, at least play the part. Well, yeah, people, people are like, yeah, they're terrible too. So it's like,
2: yeah.
0: Hey, <laughs> it um, and so, yeah, that, I think that's, that was kind of the, I guess the genesis of it. and then um, yeah, started in pro ball playing. I mean, um, got to play some hurt. Lane. I mean, Ron Zimmerman was, he's a stud golfer. Like, I mean, gosh, his divots, I'll just never, I mean, he was, gosh, he could stroke it. So, um, anyway, he was down there working out with us and he was a really good golfer, Tyler Clipper, uh, great golfer. I'm trying to remember some of the other guys who could Really play john mayberry junior um was a good golfer and um and so anyway, yeah so we would we would tee it up um down in Florida when we were had a day off from training for spring training and um and then yeah, then after that, I, honestly, my golf clubs kind of sat in the garage for a while, just uh, back to the transition, uh married uh mm-hmm. kids. Um reinventing myself, starting a business, and just there was no time for golf. Um so yeah, I was like, Hey, I wanna go do a Pinehurst trip and then this invitation out of nowhere. I was like, I haven't even looked at the calendar, but I'm in. So
2: <laughs> coming back to that, uh, you know, we were thrilled that you were were willing and able to make the trip. I mean, I have to say, too, on the second day we played together and at some point I had to address the fact that I'm sitting in the cart playing with a uh, former pro baseball player and the other two guys in our group. One is a motion picture film composer and the other guy works for NASA. So I enjoyed eating a little humble pie uh, pretty quickly, aside from just playing some golf. Uh, But I think that also speaks to the guys through the game of golf that ultimately we hope, as you said, are creating fellowship with. And, you know, holding each other accountable and challenging each other, where all these guys are coming from, um, which I just think is so unique. And so I was even curious to ask you, um, you know, having gone to the Builders' Cup, grabbing a cup of coffee with us, starting to see things around Restoration Club. I mean, is there anything to anybody listening that's considering what is this, or I've been following for a little bit, I'm trying to figure out how to get involved Like, is there anything you would say to those guys in terms of maybe something they're looking for using the game of golf in this way?
0: I mean, yeah, I just, I think it's just the quality of men that you can connect with. Um, I mean, again, I I say this jokingly, but I'm also serious. I was like, I, I need friends. Like, y'all sent out this warm email. Hey, welcome, welcome. And it's kind of didn't hear much. I'm like, guys. I need friends. I just moved here and I don't know anyone. And so I was hoping this would get me in the door, at least me one friend. Um, my wife was like, Hey, you're coming on kind of strong. And I was like, you know, at this stage in life, I have to, uh, to let them know that I'm serious. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, it's just, uh, just the guys it and, and the, uh, the fellowship and, um, you know, I know there's some guys that brought their sons to the builders. God thought that was awesome. And, you know, I think any, anybody there you could just pick up a conversation with and um, yeah, they were all trying, you know, on the same journey. Um not quite sure where they were on the journey, but everyone's on some journey and uh, looking for a little recreation fellowship and, and, yeah, I mean, I think most guys that were there were, you know, kind of middle of their career, I would say. And, you know, just the demands of life and family and all of that. And um, back to, I guess, the name of it, restoration. Um, I think it actually means, like, literally to refill the storehouse. And so it's like a, it's a, a renewal thing. Um, and, yeah, it just it was great, right? get to be outside great conversation with quality men um sounds like a great deal yeah, for
1: sure well and one of the one of the goals too is not just to leave an event and say oh that was pretty cool but like you said it's like now i'm like oh wes we need to get caught let's hang out you know what i mean like it's it's like let's keep those things going If somebody went back to if somebody went back to arizona then they need to like you just said get that good group of people that can get around you know jump on our discord our discord group and you can find all those readings around this country that you could be a part of so that we can find quality people to join along in this thing and like what i really admire about you wes is you you said it you like your wife says you're coming on too strong but you're like no i I'm at a phase of life. I need to make this thing happen. Like we're, you're about that action. Right. And so that is a piece I think that's so important because oftentimes I feel like men will just sit back and kind of wait for it to come and this kind of level thing. But when you really are seeking something good and there, this is offered like it is here. um, It is a thing you have to pursue. And that's, that's what this thing is. Not, not just the golf and not just restoration club, but a walk in a faith with Jesus is a pursuit you have to chase after that and you have to want it. And that's kind of where you can have the best thing when you go after it. And I think that's, what's beautiful about
0: it. Yeah. I just, I I think, yeah, I would say like pursue, you got to hunt it, right? Like anything worthwhile just doesn't flop in your lap. You got to, I don't know. I I can be accused of, 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 uh, not letting life come to me. I can be a little bit too, you know, much of a go-getter so i've I've tried to balance that dynamic so
2: anyway that's good (laughs) it's a good balance it's a good balance yeah well ryan do we want to head to the uh the go-to yeah
1: i mean that's that's where it's at so Wes, the the question that everybody always loves is uh what's your favorite memory on a golf course that doesn't involve a golf club
0: I just really enjoy being outside. Um and this may sound weird. I really enjoy like the how the golf course is just well manicured. I don't know the I I'm trying to remember the superintendent that I was speaking to at Tot Hill that day and he was telling me all about the uh prison Zoysia Greens. Well, I have a greens mower. Um that I cut my yard with because I played on like immaculate baseball fields um at the professional level and I just don't like like crappy grass. Like it's yeah. like I want to see a lush yard. And yeah. And there's something to that. There's a process in that. Um because it just and, and I just that's what I've learned about myself. I like process oriented things that I can convince myself to just the golf architecture, the the design, the the you know what grass are they using in this climate or or whatever um so i find that intriguing Uh, um there's one day I, i remember um before we had a game the owner of the team had us out to Kenlock up in virginia and and i show up and i was like where's the carts you know, like, oh no, there's no carts. It's um you have a you had a four caddy and you know, you're walking eighteen prior to a professional game that night. And so I was oh for four with four punches. Um but I got to play on a great course and that was um I was I slept very good that night. Um just took away yeah, something I took <laughs> well, yeah, I just I mean I know this is a, a very um I guess, non-interesting, pretty boring response, but I don't, there was no, like, you know, I didn't run into the Apostle Paul on the 17th (laughs) fairway, like, I got nothing like that. Well, you, but honestly,
1: part of it, Wes, like, I, maybe it's just because I can affirm you and agree with you, like, golf course architecture when you're at certain courses you're like that's unbelievable how they have that sitting there and like you said the manicured green and the the rough and everything's just in line and all the work that it had to do to make that happen because it wasn't just that they said we're just going to do it but it requires you know fertilizing it fires watering it requires cutting at the right length and at the right time and you got to let it all sit for a while and then you got to come back and do it again so there's something really beautiful about that and even
0: in that Uh, yeah god's right in the middle of it right because he is a god of order and you know we we live in a world of chaos right and whenever we follow his son he begins to bring order to our life right Hmm. it's no different than on the golf course where you know you you take this raw land and you can cut down trees and and clear out things and put this type of grass here and these bunkers here and craft them this way and all of a sudden, we begin to take on his likeness and image, where we're bringing order to chaos, right? And and it is there, and um, there is a beauty there, and I think there's also a truth there too um, with that principle, and and that's what he does, right? He he, he restores things. Um, so yeah, no, it's that's fascinating. Um,
2: yeah. See, you answered it perfectly. See that. <laughs>
0: Needle. Yeah, It's just need uh, Ron's mom to kind of get over
2: Greenskeeper Grammatico over here. That's right. Yeah, I got yeah. you
0: guys covered. I'm the
1: superintendent for Restoration Club. That's what it is. Danny, you want to land this? Yeah, we can do that.
2: Um, well, Wes, we certainly don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, we know you uh, value your Zs uh, and, and probably want to, want to get some, some deserved rest in. Uh, but, man, we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate the time. Um, certainly appreciate your story and, and what God's doing in your life now. Um, and really hope uh, we continue to see you be involved and invest in this group uh, and bring some other guys alongside of us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was fun to hang out with y'all
2: tonight. All right, guys. Well, that was episode eight of the Restoration Club podcast. Ryan, another great one, man. Killed it. <laughs> so that was Wes Hodges. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this one myself. He dropped so many, so many gems, so many one-liners in there. Uh, but it was great to have him uh, join us. Uh, of course, had him at the Builders' Cup number 2 uh, in Ashborough and Pinehurst just a few weeks ago. Uh, so it was good to, to relive that with him. Hoping to bring you guys some more events here shortly. Love seeing you guys pop up in the Discord. If you're not already on there, uh, we'll definitely drop a link in the description. Uh, ch- different chapters popping up all over the place. Really want to encourage you guys to, to take ownership, um, host those local meetups, encourage each other uh, just to get out on the course, get to know each other. Uh, if you haven't checked out the website, restorationclub.co, still some merch up there, some fresh merch, hoping to get some more up there shortly. Uh, and yeah, follow us on Instagram, restoration underscore club. Uh, and Ryan, as we always uh, leave off, man, keep swinging.
1: Keep swinging.